The Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference and the MITRE Corporation presents Dev From Above, Applying Speed and Agility for Cyber Technical Solutions, a professional development seminar. Featuring engineer Bobby Blunt. We have heard that drones and the digital age are rapidly changing our concepts of flight and connectivity. Have we considered all the possibilities of how these technologies can work together or what to do when they threaten us? This session will show how novel technical solutions were developed to allow the government to effectively utilize miniaturized advanced drones and unmanned aircraft systems in hostile cyber environments. The session will help you understand why addressing cybersecurity threats require diverse approaches that leverage engineering, science, and other expertise. The session will also discuss how engineering solutions must account for unknown problems presented by rapidly developed technologies that can produce thousands of products practically overnight. Without further ado, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference and the MITRE Corporation presents Dev From Above, Applying Speed and Agility for Cyber Technical Solutions, featuring Bobby Blunt. I think we're good now. We're going to go ahead and get started with everybody. Let me welcome everybody. I hope y'all are looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to, to, to one, doing this presentation. And I know it's just after lunch and looking for some interaction or anything as we go along. Uh, uh, feel free, because um, we, we've got some serious problems out there to address. Um, by the time I finish, and I think y'all know our topic is going to be what? Oh, y'all a little bit slow on there. The topic's going to be what again? <laughs> Thank you. Speed and agility, and we're going to talk about in the cybersecurity context, and we're going to use that as one example. And, and to start the presentation out, just to let you all know, and I'll do it from a cybersecurity vantage point first, by the time this presentation ends, or sooner, there will be well over one million cyber attacks. Think about that for just a second. And that's a conservative estimate. I don't care where you look, it's all over the place on a number of cyber attacks that are faced across this world without a doubt. But within this hour, hour and 15 minutes, we're going to face one million cyber attacks. The majority are coming where? To which country? U.S. Most of them are going to come to the U.S. And the other fascinating thing in that area, although I'm going to talk about something a little bit different, is the number one field by far that is affected, or the number one industry is, I mean, say aerospace and defense. I hesitate. A couple do. What else? Huh? Financial? Who said that? Healthcare? Why you say healthcare? Because you know, right? or you work in that field, one of the two, is healthcare. By far, today's world, the number one industry that is going to be attacked by a cyber attack is healthcare, and there's no comparison to it. A lot of different, different reasons why. Some of it asks because of vulnerability, some of it's information, one, some because that field doesn't have cybersecurity protection as much as the DOD and finance in addressing it. By far, that is the number one field. And what that sort of leads to, as you'll see in my topic, I'm going to talk about from a different angle, give you experience in one area, uh, drones and some other things that I've done, just to give you a feel how this occurs and why it's so critical and how we have to be uh, responsive within that. But also, the reason why that is occurring is because these hackers, these attackers, and others that we're going to talk about are getting very, not only very sophisticated, but they're going to find the weakest point they can that's going to be beneficial. And right now, that's going to be healthcare. What it's going to be tomorrow, I can't tell you. But I can give you some hints as we talk about that, OK? Again, my name is uh, uh, Bobby Blunt. Um, I'm from the MITRE Corporation. I want just to give you background information, and then we'll talk more about our topic. Let me, all right, we're going to skip the videos to the end. Let's go ahead and just bring the presentation up itself, and we'll walk through. Okay. Good. 
I bring that up because the topic I'm going to talk about, the title, I think you pointed out earlier, is sort of a play on words to some degree that we're talking about on this particular title. And hopefully you've caught on to it. Dev from above. Anybody sort of recognize what that may stand for? This is for those on the agile side of the house, the software development side of the house. And I think you all know that the big push right now, not only the DOD, the commercial world, and others have been doing this for a while, uh, our big push right now is agile software development. Get the stuff to the field as fast as you can. We can come out to four weeks, a scrum master and everything else, get it to the field, integrate the user, integrate the tester, get moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. Don't wait till the end, the old waterfall type things. You know, we got real problems to solve and everything else, and this is the methodology that's being used across the board. Um, applying the speed and agility sort of plays off of how important it is nowadays that when we're facing these different types of cyber attacks that are occurring, that now is similar to what we're talking about, agility for software development. We've got to address these as fast as we can. And our pace right now is way too slow to be able to address. Remember I said a million cyber attacks that are occurring right now by the time we finish this particular presentation. But how fast we can respond to those and how fast we can address. Because one of the things I'll tell you, there's two main things I, I want you all to know here uh, in particular regard. The first one is as soon as we find a solution to a cyber problem, is that at the end of it? It's not, it's just a start. And the reason why I say that is once we find a solution, it's known, it's well known, our adversary will move on and attack another particular way. So it's gotta be constant. So those that are working in this field, you can't be celebrating for too long. Get your award and move on. You gotta get something else to solve instantly. So this is the whole idea. It's very similar to what we're talking about software uh, development and agile environment. Cyber has gotta be the same way and it's getting that way. We know we've gotta find solutions quickly and be ready to move on on a very constant and frequent basis, without a doubt. So that's sort of we're playing on, uh, on words for, uh, for the particular title. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna just give a, sort of have a common ground for everybody to just talk about what we're facing in today's world in the cybersecurity vantage point. And then I'm gonna use sort of a use case of some project, a project that over time we worked with in MITRE that does involve some drones or some other things. I'm going to sort of step you through how we address it from a cybersecurity vantage point and how this notion of speed and agility was extremely critical, not only then as well as today, and how now it's going to be even more, more, more important within the future. And the other main point I wanted to make out of that is sort of the intro is the reason why I asked everybody to stand up, including our mechanical engineers back there, the reason why I did that is because in cyber, you can't address this without having everybody in the game. And what, what I'll show you in, um, in that particular regard is why it takes so many if we're gonna have a speed and agility environment. And just to give you a feel for it, um, my office is uh, with MITRE. I run a department that's in San Antonio, Texas. And I have, um, anybody here from Texas? Y'all are quiet. Usually Texas let, let, let me know when they're in a the house, but okay, never mind. Uh, in my office, uh, even though I operate out of there, I actually have staff that are all over. They're here in McLean, I have staff in Colorado Springs, I have staff in LA, I got staff even one in Alaska. That's all part of our team. Because you can no longer work these type of issues geographically based, you've gotta work across the board. Especially if your notion is, and I've heard others say this, but it's really critical to us, as you'll see if I get that video to work, is your notion is to make a safer world. You can't do it on your own. It's got to be everybody sort of working together in all, in, in all sincerity in that particular regard. So I do have staff that are all over, and I'm thinking I have 70 staff, but let me tell you the degrees or background of my 70 staff. And we're all cyber, we're just addressing cybersecurity problems. So I have mechanical engineers, I have electrical engineers, I have computer scientists naturally, I have data analysts, I have system engineers, I have a human factors uh, engineer, and I have a chemical engineer, I have a mathematician. Those are just my staff. Now, some of y'all are from bigger companies, and some of y'all address it from different angles, and you'll add more to that. But out of my 70 people, I have that, and they all serve as cybersecurity engineers. And the most important thing with that is 
we need all those skill bases to work together to solve the type of problems that we're trying to solve uh, because we are working some pretty complex problems to some degree. But I have to yeah, have every one of those skills and get in and overlap. So you can imagine how some of my meetings go trying to get a <laughs> crypto person and a, that's working on an offensive person and they're talking about how they're gonna take each other down and whatever else, okay? And by the way, sideline, when I go into that meeting, I make sure my phone is off because I don't want anybody hacking into it and messing with it so they can make a point of me. In a way, that's indirectly a joke, but you know that about conferences, right? You have to be careful with some of these conferences, what you're carrying around, but that, that's a different subject, I'm sorry. Okay, let me go back. So real, real quick on the background, and, and, and some of that I've already done, you know, the challenges that we're facing in a cyber world is really something else. And I think most of us, when we think of cyber, the first thing that we want to think about is what? The hacker, right? The hacker, and we think of a computer scientist that are working against, that ain't it, that, that's it. But that's not it. To me, that's a minor issue, okay? That's not the big problems that we're facing in this particular arena. Uh, in, in, in a particular regard. There are a lot more issues that are involved and I want to sort of give you a feel and that's why I chose to talk about um, a drone type problem, not a typical computer scientist or a hacker type problem because I want to give you a feel of, of, of the areas and I can go further, especially if I went to healthcare. There's some fascinating, fascinating things that are occurring in healthcare that would simply blow your mind away from a cyber sense, the number of attacks and how they're really trying to control things in that, in that particular regard. So I'm just gonna give you one, one example of that. And I wanna tell y'all a quick story. I've been working, <laughs> I hate to say, I know sometimes especially we have interns in here, they hate when we go back his, history and start saying back in the day when I, but back in the day <laughs> when I started working in the cyber field, I want y'all to think about this, I'm about to tell them my age, there was no Apple computer, okay, and there was no Windows. So I go back a pretty long time. And I've been working cyber since that particular time. And, and, and I will tell you this, that, you know, the threats and other things we addressed, we could do sort of the waterfall method. To be honest, we had a little bit more time. I worked like major aircraft systems. You know, dying of aircraft doesn't happen overnight. So even though they may not include the security at first, I had time to sort of include that, you know, take five, ten years, et cetera. Fast forward today, there's no way in the world that will work out. When we look at the drones, we look at the other things. Somebody can make a drone right quick now, have it up there. And what's actually occurring as this technology progresses, cybersecurity's gotta be side by side with it in terms of the timeliness and other things. Because remember I said there's, gonna, there's a million attacks that are gonna occur by the time we leave this room? Most of those are just taking a chance, right? We got our good prints. Everybody know our good prints by now? You know what I'm talking about? The million dollar prince, got the million dollars for you. All you gotta do is respond to this. Yeah, yeah, I hope y'all, yeah, yeah, the good prince is still being successful, but that's, that's sort of, that, statistically, that's sort of taking a chance. I'm gonna throw that out there, person respond, okay, now I got him. So you're not expecting a lot of hits. So even though there's a million cyber attacks, the number of hits is actually, effective hits are pretty low. But what our concern today is, as technology moves further, further and, and further, is I have more of these type of devices out there, whether it be this, we go from hundreds to millions. Um, now, and people get more sophisticated, now I get some real concerns. Because what I have is I have two or three people that are very good that can impact millions of objects. That's the whole notion of also that involves safer world to some degree. So we're going from a couple, I'll take a chance to, okay, now I can have a really big impact. So that's something I really got to be in tune with and heavily watch without a doubt. And why I've got to get everybody here convinced that not only am I going to be a cybersecurity engineer, and I don't, to be honest, I don't care who you work for, this nation needs more of that because of the shortage we have, but because these threats are occurring faster and faster because technology is moving faster and faster also, okay? And as we progress further in technology, uh, the problem gets worse. How many people we have in AI? Any artificial intelligence out here? And everybody knows a little bit about artificial intelligence, right? If you don't, I need you to know. Because you're going to work in this particular field, you've got to know what technology advances are coming. Because while we use AI in a positive sense, and it does great things, you know that part, right? Guess who else is using AI? And if they're using it, our adversaries are using it also, now they have more capabilities, more acceleration. Machine learning and other things, all the key technologies, they make things better for the world, and actually, if you're cybersecurity, I guess if you want to get paid, it makes it better for you. 
because you're always going to have to continue to try to not only keep pace, but you actually, I'm going to show you why you actually have to be ahead of it before these type of things come out, okay? So one other story I wanted to tell y'all, um, this is going back. So, I, uh, you know, I've been working this for a while, and the reason why I brought that up is, you know, I've faced a lot of different challenges. I've had a lot of satisfaction in the type of things I did. So let's fast forward over to a technology thing. So like many of you may have done, you know, I decided, um, and I'm going back a little bit, well, no, a couple of years ago, I told my mom, I said, hey, we can communicate more if we both have email. So I got my mom, and she was started using electronic mail. I was proud. I was able to exchange email with her. And y'all sort of know where I'm going to go to some extent. Well, it wasn't the prince that actually got to my mom. What actually happened is um, I saw one day, and my mom called me. She saw, she's very panicky. And what she said is she was worried um, that my son needed, um, what was it, $1,500 um, because they were holding him up in the airport and they weren't going to let him go. And, and she had a specific airport. Uh, it was actually, he was traveling over in London at the time. He sort of got it made. He's doing a little bit better than me. But he's $1,500 and he needed or they weren't going to let him go. And she wasn't sure how to get him the money. So I thought about it. I said, oh, man, what's going on? And, um, and I finally realized, wait a minute. Um, Mom, did you go on your email or did you get on your computer? She, she said, yeah, that's how I got the, the notification and stuff. So I sent my, my sister down the street. I sent my sister out. You know, I sort of figured out what was going on. Fortunately, it took a little time for me, to be honest, to figure out what was going on. And I immediately sent my sister to say, hey, get over there and update my mom's patches and get everything else updated. We got a, we got a problem over there. But think about that for just a second. That's actually better than a prince because they were right. My son was over in London. They had the day right. They had the airport right. They had everything right, per se. So now I begin to realize, oh, man, this is really what I've been doing as a job now is really coming home. And it really got me behind us saying, man, we've really got to push to help out not only what we do work-wise, but this impacts everything nowadays. I don't care who it is. Okay? So that's sort of my when you go from the business world to the, to the personal life side of the house. Uh, ransomware, uh, we've all heard about the impact of ransomware, and now they're actually hitting what now? It's actually up there. They're going after cities now. So if you think about it again and say, man, that is getting close to the community aspect. Got close to my mom, now they're dealing with cities. And if you look closely, at some of the cities they're dealing with, they're not necessarily dealing with like the New York or DC, Detroit. They'll try that part too, but they're also dealing with what? The small, huh? Multiple and the small rural type cities and others. Why would they do that? Yeah, thank you. It's the weak point. That's the weak point without a doubt. So for those of us who really want to serve further. We definitely want to do a good job, but when those that want to give service to community and other things, this is taking it home now. Because now, to be honest, they're impacting your communities. And the ransomware is not only going from the cities, you know, they're going after, it's down to phones now. So those, and whose phone are they going to go after? You got the message by now, the same type of story. Identity threats, I'm sure you know that one all too well. You know, from government down to your individual bank account. I got hit by that, believe it or not. I thought I was a proud cybersecurity. I get that phone call from the bank. <laughs> like, why are you spending money at such and such locations? Oh, man, I've been hit. So it's happening. It's happening. I don't care who you are, per se. Okay? Communicate with others to some degree. And we talked a little bit about, as, again, a real important point, especially for cybersecurity. As technology moves further, further, and further along, the cybersecurity threat becomes not only bigger, but more of a complication for us to handle. Because the basic idea on the bottom line is that everything is going to be connected, which is good from an operational sense or good from benefiting our, our country sense, but now everything also becomes what? More dangerous also. More dangerous without a doubt. The face of the threat itself, um, you know, it's like we said earlier, you know, it's a typical hacker type of thing that we're all used to seeing, et cetera. Um, for those that work in a classified arena, they know the threats that are faced by some of the different government entities and how much money that they're putting in that particular re regard, as well as some of the terrorist risk groups. 
But the other part of this, too, is uh, that I want every, everybody to at least be aware of and think about, too, is the insider threat is a big concern also. And it could be insider threat in terms, in terms of what we would say is a malicious type, and it can be an insider threat that's also innocent. But in the end, it all still, sort of still, still has, ha has an impact to some degree. So the people that don't necessarily patch their systems and present a problem, they may not be malicious, but it still presents what to you all is a cybersecurity. That's still a big issue without a doubt. So it's sort of both sides of the house, and it just shows you for those that are going in this field, it's just, a, it's just a very complex field without a doubt. So it's not just that one person around, it's really everything that you've got to watch out, watch out for without a doubt, okay? So the cyber threats are really becoming, all these different communities sort of become interrelated. Because the terrorists and governments, they're looking for those individuals that don't do their patches or other type of systems to find holes that they can get into, or those that are, that, that, that are vulnerable um, to making something happen. So I'm sorry, what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. So let me take Alan, for example. You know, the way that I can sort of, I'm a, a, a bad person, and I want to get in, I'll use the computer example that I'm going to change in a second, is say I've got to be able to get into the particular system. And let's say Alan works in whatever, uh, I was going to pick out a company name. I said, I better not do that, I'll get in trouble. So I'll make one up. Let's say Lockmart. No, no I didn't say any particular. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to get in there. He knows there's some of the defense thing. Um, and I know as a, I can't get in. I've got the best defense in the world. The easiest way I can get around that is I'm going to pay Alan a little bit of money. Y'all know where I'm going, right? Alan, all you got to do is just plug this USB device in. We'll take care of the rest, bring it back out to us, and we're good to go. Okay? Those are the type of insider threats that, are, that I'm sure you all are aware of, but something else that we have to, have to address without a doubt. And it gets worse is if it happens where in a manufacturing type of, of, of arena. And we'll talk about supply chain in just a second, but then I can even have a bigger impact beyond that computer system that you may not ever, ever know about for years, et cetera. So that's the type of world, et cetera, that we're also uh, dealing with and dealing in. Okay. Candidates, I think y'all got this particular message. It's much broader. It really is. That's a partial list that's needed. Uh, and I gave you an example in my own work environment. Basically, we need everybody on this team to be able to address this. Again, especially from, a, from making the world a safer place without a doubt, because to do that, uh, it's going to take the psychologists, those that, the program managers, and others that I haven't, haven't led without a doubt. And for those that are looking at going into this career field, for our interns and others, they often ask, you know, what type of skills, what do I need? You know, without a doubt, you're going to do the typical, and those that have more experience will tell you this, you know, you take all the courses in the world, do your math, science, engineering, do your English, do everything in the world, be extremely well-rounded, do as many of the different projects and other things as you can while in school. If they got a hackathon, if they got this and that, participate on that, because it helps in your team-building aspect. But in the world I'm going to talk about, for us to really be able to respond fast, it's, it's, it's those skills that we're all starting to talk about more. So it's problem solving, teamwork, that type of aspect is what really carries you over without a doubt. Because I don't care how good you are technically, you're not good enough on your own. There's, there's no doubt on that. I don't care if your name is Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, if they came into this world with the cybersecurity, they, they know too you can't do it on your own. But working with somebody else and figuring out how to do that, especially if we're going to do it in an agile type nature, uh, mannerism is, is extremely critical without a doubt. And I want to also leave you up there. On the very bottom is a website, uh, cyberseek.org. Has anybody seen or been to that website? Okay, cyberseek.org is uh, put up by the National Science Foundation. And it shows from a nationwide perspective all the different cybersecurity jobs that, not only are, that are available within a state, within a city, what it pays, what the career fields are. It's a very exhaustive type of, uh, of website, et cetera. So if you're looking to get more information about the career itself and details, uh, that's, that's a particular really good location to work with. So I'm going to talk about, just for a second, sort of a, what we'll call a, a, a case study, OK? So I want to walk you through a pretty some projects that I have been, um, been working to. OK. So let me start out. Hold on, let me hold on there. Y'all look, y'all curious now. <laughs> I'm pulling that on just let me give y'all background first, okay? A little bit of background. Yes, man, you gave me a lot, a lot, a lot of background, but I'll make sure y'all set for this, okay? So when um, for those that have been around for a while, um, 
remote control aircraft. When we started out with remote control aircraft, when we first started out, we didn't have wireless or anything else. So we had, how do you describe it? Who's had one? A cord, right? So you'd fly your remote and you'd fly it around like this. I need, I'm gonna need to bring one next time, but I don't know if I could buy that anymore. But that's how we did our remote control. I'd take a landing and I would just, this, I'm controlling this thing the whole time. Okay, so it was wired. It was connected by a wire. So I'm going back a little bit of years. Then it became wireless, right? But it has to be, the problem with a wireless one is it's what, point to point. So in the early days, and maybe still today, once it got out of range, what happened? It crashed, right? And you lost a little money. So technology is moving a little bit forward, and now we get to drones and other things. Now we have GPS and all these other type of systems that are on board. So that's why they're proliferating out to this. Oh, this is really good. I can really do some things with drones. And you know how drones are being utilized today? Very positive, and we'll see if some of our packages and other things, the things that are promised are gonna be delivered, okay? So the other one, so it's a really good technology, really moving forward, and the numbers are proliferating out there left and right. So the Department of Defense, and that's what I primarily support and, and work for, realize that some advantages they can also have for drones, right? So they can utilize drones to one, if I'm going into um, a particular area that I don't want to have to take a person into, I don't want the expense of an aircraft, I can put on there so I can observe those particular areas, one type of benefit. Okay, and there's other types, and that's from an air standpoint, there's some benefits to the Army and others, even the Navy. The Navy's now able to take drones, go into areas and do some other things that they couldn't do previously without risking a human. Very important. We're making it worth say without a doubt. If we can do things without risking a human life, then we really carry over. I think, that? I think it was last night or another speaker, I think this morning, actually pointed that out, how important it is that we always think about the human life of that aspect. So this is uh, the project that, I, that we have worked on. I'm just going to show you. This is one of the, y'all see how that came out? So this is a unmanned aircraft system that's used by the um, United States Air Force, okay? And on this particular device, device uh, this particular aircraft uh, that was taken out, we, we can use this for different. I can use it for observation. Um, I can use it for chemical type detection. So I can put different payloads on this aircraft system. If we had space, we would have no space in here. I wouldn't do it anyway. I'd throw this thing and show you how it actually flies. Okay, and that's how it is. It's just training, and I am. That's how I'm just going to take it off initially. And if you looked up Batman, if you Google Batman, you can see how soldiers actually fly. And actually, you know, when you actually control these, it's a full pilot type of effort. So these are going out. They were being very effective. We were using them in some um, environments that are Afghanistan, other environments that our soldiers needed protection for that they were serving particular missions. So, and I'll, I don't mind, I'll pass it around. I just gotta make sure I get it back or I'll get in trouble. Um, oh, no, oh, I wish I could say that. No, she was asking, did MITRE create that? No, I, what our problem was, um, it's another a contractor that actually created that one, but where MITRE get engaged is what I'm gonna talk you through on the, the, the problems that we were dealing. So the Air Force is having a mission with those, and what started happening was they were crashing. And y'all sort of, you're jumping ahead a little bit of where I'm going to go to, but y'all pretend like you don't know where I'm going to go to right now, all right? So they were crashing. So this is the problem. And the Air Force says, man, we don't know why these things are crashing. So that's where we sort of got called in to try to help out to figure out. And we had no idea. And so what's the first thing everybody's going to think when something like that's occurring, or the crash is occurring? It's a design problem, right? So they're going to blame the vendor, Okay. So we look, go through those type of routines, and we say, no, it's not a, it wasn't a vendor-type problem. So if you say it's not a vendor problem, what's going to be the next problem they're going to say? It's a training problem. The Air Force don't know how to use those. So we go through those scenarios. And then finally, to sort of jump ahead a little bit, um, and this is where I'm a little bit careful. Let's just say some intelligence people figured out what the real problem was. Okay. And what the real, I'll tell you what the problem was, but I can't tell you who the agency was, but they gave us the word of, wait a minute, the problem is the communications link between the ground and that system was what? Compromised. Yeah, not only, not just compromised, they just jamming it. And again, compromised, yeah, that's a little different one, but yeah, it was being, it was being jammed because it was unsecure. So the question that was asked to, to us is, wait a minute, We've got a mission. Remember, the, one of the most important things to remember is, a, is a cybersecurity is time is a very critical element. 
And again, they say, how fast can I come up with a solution? What's the time in this so I can do that? So our problem was, and let me see that real quick, was, I'll get back to you. You got that look like, oh, man, I just got it. <laughs> let me, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll get it back, I promise. Uh, our problem was, I worked um, uh, primarily with NSA-type systems. And NSA-type systems that we were working with were not this small at that time. Okay, not only were they not that small, I can't get that type of development overnight. You know, for those that work in that world, it actually takes what? Huh? Year, about five to 10 years from the start of something, to be honest. Is NSA here? I'll get in trouble. Hopefully, nobody denied that. Okay. Dave Moody, my boss, back me up later if somebody says that I didn't say the right thing on NSA. Anyway, so it would take five to 10, and we didn't have five to 10 years, right? Because that, those attacks were occurring now, and our soldiers needed a solution immediately. So what we had to do, and the other part of this uh, that was extremely uh, critical, um, without a doubt, is we knew those missions were actually saving lives. So it's like, OK, we got to figure out something quickly. Remember, the topic is speed and agility, et cetera. You're listening to Dev From Above, applying speed and agility for cyber technical solutions a professional development seminar featuring Bobby Blunt. Brought to you by the MITRE Corporation and the global catalyst for change, the Bayer STEM Global Competitiveness Conference, where we make the untapped potential possible. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube So to jump a little bit further ahead, way ahead per se, is what we actually had to do is, uh, one, we had to pull in a team, the contractor that built this for one, naturally. We had to work with NSA itself. Uh, we had our team uh, from, from the MITRE in, and we had to bring in all kinds of other expertise to say, hey, what are we gonna do? We gotta do something quickly out of this. And what we actually ended up doing, solution-wise, was, and this is where the Agile concept comes in. It's a little bit different definition of Agile uh, and being incremental, but it's the same result. We actually came up with three different approaches or increments that we had to go to in order to get this back operational. What we did is we came up with an NSA solution that we knew would take about eight to five, five to 10 years. Not for that device, because we knew those quickly changed, but for the next one that came along. We came up with another solution um, that used technology like it had never been used before that we knew we can get out in three years. And, and what the difference is for some of our folks that are more technical here is um, the NSA solution is, everybody's familiar with, if I said synchronous, crypto, cryptography, um, protection, encryption, okay? So uh, uh, synchronous, so basically what happens is Alan, right? So if Al and I are going to communicate, and this, this is, y'all can say I did this all wrong later, but let me at least try to generalize it to some degree. If Al and I are communicate, he and I both have to have the same key, right, on both ends, right? And the, the problem is, the, the challenge is, um, is I've got to get him the set of keys, I've got to get me the set of keys, and then we've got to figure out timing-wise when that changes. So that's more or less a synchronous point-to-point, -point, okay? For that device, not necessarily the right ideal because it also takes time and some logistic things to make sure we all have those different keys, et cetera. When we came up, that's the long-term approach, and we figured out a way to do that quickly, was using an asynchronous as the interim solution. And if anybody heard of the public key infrastructure, so we use public key technology solution, PKI, which for anybody that's in the military here, the same type of solution I wonder if I left this in my hotel room. No, I didn't say that for those in the military. <laughs> I got to be in trouble if I did that. If I had one, anybody got a CAC? Somebody show me a CAC. Help me out here. I did. I should have mine somewhere. Okay. With, you got one too? All right. You showed the back of the room. I showed the front of the room. So uh, <laughs> this embedded chip stores my what? My certificates. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go too deep into this. My certificates are stored on this, and then we can do a public-private key exchange. Y'all can sort of know where I'm going to some degree with that. 
But that solution, although it's usually applied, use, oh, sorry, usually apply for an identity environment, we decided to apply it for this environment. It's an extremely creative solution that, and at first, we got turned down for that. Said, so, nah, you can't use it for that particular one. We're able to show that, now yeah, we can adapt it so that that extra security and other things are required, but in the end, we had to think about what? That warfighter, how can we get something quickly out there? So it was a pretty innovative, and innovation is a, a key word, uh, not in terms of a new technology, but innovative in terms of approach of applying one technology to something nobody else thought of before. And then our, so that was our, thanks, sort of our interim one. And then our, uh, the media solution, it, took, it was going to take us 13 months, and it did take 13 months, which is pretty fast in this world. But remember, they're still doing the mission. That's why I said, man, we got to get faster and faster. That still was too long, to be honest, was we worked the solution with the vendor to do software-type encryption. And for those that are in the uh, security world, you know that software encryption is not favored by most, but we said, wait a minute, we've got to get something out there. Some protection is better than what? No protection, okay? So that was sort of what we did real quick, just to give you one example of trying to incorporate speed and agility, because we know there were a lot more devices coming out there, and we've got to be able to react and handle those type of solutions. Okay? So we went through that one, but is it over yet? So our role was, you asked what, we didn't make, she was asking me earlier, did we make that aircraft, uh, that, that one? Now we're not there yet, we don't do that. You know, we're, now we are so we are the manufacturing and other thing. We're um, in our our particular role. If you're talking about just miter, ours really is solving the difficult problems. But uh, in a sense, what we're doing is serving in a technical advisory on some challenging problems in a consulting type role. And then we try to outreach and work with others, industry and others across the board, uh, to help them be effective. And for example, the designer that, et cetera. So that's sort of more of our type of role. Okay, so here was the speed part of it. They needed a media solution. We had the non-traditional approach that we talked about, um, without a doubt. Otherwise, this wouldn't have worked out in that particular regard. Um, the multi-phase was something new, too. Using the government, you're going to do one-for-one one one type solution. There, we actually did a, I know it's a bad example, but it was an incremental type approach that we sort of came up with. Not quite the speed of software development we talked about, but it still was along that line. And then without a doubt, it was a huge, huge risk-taking. Because it was the first time we'd never had to deal with that size, weight, and power either. That's the other issue. Because if I'm adding something new, remember this, the other interesting thing about technology is, remember, technology is not waiting on cybersecurity first. We don't get the call first. Sometimes we don't get the call last. But technology moves along, moves along. Because technology and, and innovation doesn't fully believe in us uh, as a whole community because of how long it takes us to do things. They think we're gonna hold them back and other things. So we've gotta get that mindset changed uh, in some regard, okay? So that's what we did in that particular one. So is the problem over yet? Let's skip that. So then we sit back and said, man, now that we saw that problem, how many know that how the solution that we came up to that's on our adversary side? Well, they all know, right? And why do they all know? And this is my operational security side of the house. Well, because one, the minute they give out an award, the adversary, oh shoot, MITRE got an award for that. They must have a solution. <laughs> Let me see what it is. And how are they gonna find out what it is? Yeah, thank you, just Google it, okay? Just Google, and I'm, and I'm not as slight as graduation, that's your two. Um, if you Google a lot of the successful work that we have, we're gonna advertise and celebrate without a doubt. And that's where we're feeding the adversary that type of information. So something we have to think about is cybersecurity also. That's why I said this role is so complex nowadays that we have to be careful, not only, I know we're careful at home, we say we're classified, et cetera, but even the little things like an award, somebody sees that and said, okay, now I know to dig deeper. Because remember, that's one thing about an adversary. They wanna, they're gonna throw out a bunch of targets, but if you give them something to focus on, okay, now I know where to go with that, et cetera. So the next thing that we did, and again, this is under our speed and agility and always being concerned is, we said, oh man, we better look at this whole system of the UAS, not just that one communications type link. Um, so there are multiple components on it. You've got what on a, the UAS? Got a transmitter, right? You've got a, usually a PC or some type of uh, ground control station that's used for that. On the device itself, you usually have a receiver. Not this one, but most of them also have a battery and a flight controller. 
and now GPS model, module, and depending how you define AI and other technologies. So my trick question to y'all, notice the word trick, uh, is which one of those areas do you think presents the biggest cybersecurity challenge for us? And what we did is we did a whole assessment. We said we need to look at this whole thing because now that we solve this problem, we know our adversary is going to look what? They're going to look to say, hey, where's my next weakest point in this UAS design and how can I attack that? So I'm going to get you You got it? So how many think it's the transmitter? Okay. How many think it's the ground control station? Okay. And how many think it's, uh, I'm going to give two more. The GPS module, that's pretty good. How many think the battery? How many think it's all that? Thank you <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't, y'all didn't ask that at the beginning. My bad. <laughs> that's it, thank you. It's all that because the real answer is that I couldn't really tell you it depends what adversary I'm talking about. If I got an adversary that knows all about, and I'm a, let me use the battery. The battery's a perfect one, but most people forget about, forget about the battery, okay? Without a doubt, if I have no power, and this applies to everything. I mean, I can take this whole place down a lot of different ways, but I can take the power out, everything is gone, right? So let's talk about just the battery for just a second, just to, just to pull one of those out, for example. Um, how can an adversary get to doing damage with the battery? What would you actually do? Hmm? You gotta have access to it. No, no physical access, I'm sorry. If you had physical access, what would you do? Yep. And you can, um, in the other part you can do, in addition is you, you replace it, right? With your own, if you have physical access. You just replace it. But let's say you don't have access, what else could you do? Hmm? Overwhelm, yeah, you could overwhelm it, okay? But let me tell you one other one. I'm gonna jump ahead on one other thing, and actually, the example I'm gonna give you, and I'm glad you picked the battery, is actually gonna apply to every single one of these, not just the battery. So there's a field um, in cyber that's really picking off. Matter of fact, we had a presidential executive memorandum about it, and for us, it was a big deal, not only with UASs, uh, it applied to all technology that had a battery type or other type requirement, all parts, I'm sorry, not just batteries. So anybody heard of supply chain? Supply chain risk management is a biggie. I don't care what area you're working in, that is a biggie to us as cybersecurity engineers. Because if I can get to the supply chain, I can get to this proliferation of millions of devices. To me, that's, and my staff, we're pretty big into it and have been for some time because we realize that there's a number of threats and there are probably others that may be very good at dealing with those threats, but the supply one is just, just in a different world altogether because some people don't necessarily believe in it, trying to prove it, trying to show it, et cetera. Uh, it's a tremendous one. So the basic idea of supply chain, for those that, that may not be aware, um, if I can get to where that part, that product is being produced, and get either inject damage or substitute parts for that and get into your supply chain, then I'm over, okay? Then I'm over in terms of actually getting cybersecurity. So I don't have to worry about hacking you later. I don't have to worry about taking you down later that some of y'all described. If I can get in your supply chain, I've got full control of everything and you don't even know that until when? After the fact. So our supply chain and protection of it, without a doubt, is extremely, extremely critical. And it's one of those areas that we don't think about. It's um, that it actually involves more than just, again, you all that may be cybersecurity in this, in this room, because who are the people that are ordering those batteries and other equipment for you that may get that email that says, hey, you need part number whatever, I've got one for you and then has a factory that's in a certain location, I don't want to list any countries, but I think y'all know where I'm going. Um, I won't say it's five letters or anything. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's where everything is coming from, and if I can infuse and be a part of that, then I've got you over. So that's the other, 
other element too that's a critical one. But the bottom line, what I'm really getting at here is, um, and why I say it takes so many different fields, if you think about this, you know, this part, the battery part, I need somebody that has, that's a different, none of us, I'm not, maybe an electrical engineer does, but um, and maybe our mechanical engineer does, but those are all different career fields. And they're all coming together, just like we're building that aircraft and other things. But so the difference with cybersecurity is it's even much broader than us just dealing with that. There's other things I have to know and why it's, it's such a complex field. Okay. So our next thing and what we did is we actually, <laughs> I wanted to demo that, but they wouldn't allow me to carry the equipment on the plane. Um, we actually demonstrated how you could do damage to a, a, a US, UAS in that particular case in the supply chain, and what we'll actually would show is how I can inject uh, malware into it. So we would we have to have a demo where we would inject malware into it, have the aircraft take off, and then we would take control of it, et cetera. Um, but anyway, the ideal being that we looked at all those different areas, and we worked across the board with other entities that had specialties in those to say, if you all target this, our research will target this area because we're trying to deal with things from a holistic type sense, knowing that we couldn't just do it by ourselves. I'm talking about for my, my company's sake. So we work with industry, uh, and we actually engage with uh, some other universities that actually are involved with some of the research across the board. So that's the other great thing about this field is, you know, there's such a workforce shortage and such a big need for others across the board. You can engage and have to engage. You're not going to solve it otherwise unless we all sort of, sort of work together on it, okay? Oh, the last one for us on these was, and this was different for our company mindset, uh, is um, we know we, we couldn't get to 100% solution. You can't get there from here. You got to take that risk taking and say, hey, I'm going to do my experience. I'm going to close it up. We're going to talk it out. We're going to try this out for now. Because if you try to wait for 100%, by the time you finish, what? They moved on. Yeah, the adversary is, remember, that adversary is working 24-7. You got to think of it that particular way. So if you're doing 23 hours, you're an hour short, so you're going to take a chance somewhere. Okay, I just made that up. I like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the next, last thing I was going to get to, then well, there's a couple of things I wanted to do uh, to, to sort of demonstrate, get probably done a little bit early, is so we've got these drones out there. And we started out with the first one I showed you that, and this was over a series of years. Um, the first one I showed you is we saw that because they hadn't protected the communication line, if that, could, that was being jammed and taken down, we had to develop a solution for that. Then the next stage of it was for this particular, this was all for this particular unmanned aircraft system. Um, we started looking at the whole vantage point, the whole, uh, the whole system. And we started saying, okay, what's the vulnerability of this part? What's the vulnerability of this part? Who can we work with to address this, a solution for this? Who can we work with to address a solution for that, et cetera, was the next thing we did. And naturally, we haven't solved all of those, but we, uh, that's sort of what we're working through. But again, those were sort of seen as how we as a country are using drones and in UASs in a positive sense. So what's the next stage that happens? If we're using it in a positive sense, remember I said whatever technology we develop, what happens to it? Our adversary does the same thing. So whether it's AI, GPS, these devices, iPhone, whatever it may be, and I'm sure y'all have seen this, but now we, our adversaries have gone on the offensive with drones, correct? And um, if you actually went to, I'm not going to run that video, but if you actually went to that particular video, it actually just shows um, in Venezuela when they made the attack with the drone, the drone and y'all familiar with what we've done also, um, where we're using now offensive weapon. So these have become what? What's the word? Lethal. So these now are being used as lethal weapons, without a doubt. Drones are. And uh, so now our next area that we begin to focus on is actually the opposite of before, is now if we have a lethal drone coming at us, how do we protect the USA? How do we make sure that we're still safe, not only from an individual sense, but if we have, if we have those attacks in the US, can you imagine the fear that that would cause within the population and other things? So that's sort of been our next thing is coming up with methodologies and different techniques and, again, working across with a lot of different companies to ensure that, hey, if somebody has a, an attack against us using these drones, what can we do in that particular regard? And that, gets to, that one really gets into some classified type areas. But, again, 
it just shows you as we use more and more type technology, we've got to stay constantly on our toes no matter what. Because not only do we have the benefit of using it, if somebody tries to stop it, they then turn around and use it against us, and we as cyber security and that whole community have got to prepare for that also. Okay? So two things people always ask uh, that when I'm sort of talking, I like to demonstrate, especially when we have some of the, the interns or others here. Um, two things I like to point out is you have to be extremely creative to work in this field without a doubt, as you're saying. You've got to think on your feet. You've got to be willing, um, willing to move on without a doubt. The other thing is you have to be able to let go of your biases. And what I mean by that, what you may have learned before, if you stay to it, it doesn't work in this area. So you gotta, and you've gotta be able to do that in a very fast fashion, if that's a word. So let me give y'all an example, all right? Let's make this a little bit entertaining, okay? So I need two people, a buddy Allen here, who I just met, Come on up. Right there. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all good. Right there, right there. That's good. Right there. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to give y'all a demonstration of how you have to think about how do I, what I mean by a bias and what I mean by how you break it and how you think differently. Okay, everybody all right? It's a little bit different. This wasn't on the agenda, but we're going to go with it. All right? Okay. So what I'm going to do, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm sorry, y'all come here that way the crowd can see y'all. See y'all's reactions on this. So I'm going to give them two typical sayings. This just represents the bias that you sort of hear, maybe heard all the time, and you sort of respond to. Okay? And then I'll tell you what I'm going to do next. So, um, so example, let me give you an example for sir. So for example, I said Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty. Stop me in. Very good. All right. So here we go. You got the first one. All right. A penny saved is, <laughs> oh, my bad, <laughs> hold on, man, huh? Yeah, a penny saved is, yeah, all right, all right, man, all right, man. <laughs> okay, this, this is supposed to be natural now, my man. Go with me, man. Go with me, man. All right, this, I like this one. Hotel, motel. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, two more. All right. I'm going to go with you again. You ready, man? You want, you want to see it in advance? No, all right. I trust you, man. All right. <laughs> A bird in the hand is worth... That one's harder. Huh? Y'all help out. Y'all quiet. Help my man out. All right. There you go. All right. You can lead a horse to water, but there you go. All right. Now, in theory, if this would have worked perfectly, maybe I should have told y'all in advance, there would have been just, hey, just instinctive. It's a bias. I've been taught that. I'm culturizing that, et cetera. Now, what I want y'all to do this time is I'm going to give you the exact same ones, but change it up. You got it? That's it. Okay. A penny saved is... All right. Hotel, motel. Can't find a room. <laughs> <laughs> let, me write, let me write that down. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. A burn in the hand is. <laughs> All right. And you can lead a horse to water, but. There you go. All right. Give him a hand for helping out. Y'all good. Y'all good. Thank y'all. So, so let, me, let me tell you why I use that. And, um, and I know I'm talking cybersecurity, all right, in theory. But to really solve problems, you can't be just technical. And it can't be those type of discussions. The reason why I use that is notice not only the, the facial inspection, but the reaction time to try to be different to, as you said, think out of the box. It took longer, right? It took longer. And we have to get ourselves conditioned to where I can respond quickly no matter what the pressure or test is or no matter what I'm taught. And it's almost, to some degree, it's a slight exaggeration, but there's a lot of truth to it. Because if you think traditional in this cybersecurity world, you ain't going to make it. And, it's, and he said the different type of situations that we face 
in, in, in this career field, um, you're going to have to respond quickly without having any knowing whatsoever. And when you have that lapse, you're going to lose, and they're going to be ahead of you. And the minute you lose, you, you, don't, you don't catch up. So that's why I like to, oh, is that a five-minute signal? Oh, 15? OK, that's pretty good how they do that. That's different. All right, <laughs> we won't be that long. But uh, uh, you have to think in that particular way, OK? So let me, uh, let me do two, two more things. And by the way, let me go back to, to my message again. That, um, and then, I, and then I gotta, we're going to have a prize if anybody can figure out this next one I have, OK? So without a doubt, saying cybersecurity, that's putting it lightly. But it's not putting it too lightly. With all our advances, and the medical one scares me. That's why I find that one fascinating. Um, because let me give you a real, real quick story on that that I want you to think about for just a second. Um, you go around the hospital, and you know, doctors and everybody's got their iPads and other things, right? Yeah. How loose are they out there? How easy would it be somebody else to walk by and you're a patient in there and somebody switches your record? I, I shouldn't tell y'all all this. So y'all be, but it's the truth. But we're the ones that are supposed to be able to deal with that. Think about if anybody has had any type of test recently and had a body part that may be replaced like a pacemaker, now the doctors and others, they want to monitor that, right, real time? What does that mean? It's now connected, right? And if it's connected, you got it, without a doubt, in a, a, in a very likely target. So that's why I say in our world, you know, I'm Department of Defense primarily, but it carries through on everything without a doubt. So that's why I said it really is important to our nation, again, and we can't get enough people signed up for it because we have that fear that they're seeing the hacker and others say, oh, no, no. I need you to think broader than that. For those that really want to serve their community, those that want to have an impact, this is a field that you really can, per se, have that particular impact. Modernization and cybersecurity, without a doubt, as we get more modernized, the bigger challenges. And just think about it. Every time you see something new, I want you all to think about now, how do we protect that cybersecurity-wise? Because that's going to be a continual challenge. And that's why this career field is, it needs, has such a, a big need. Broad and diverse, uh, it is that. We got to get everybody working together, and for us, not only in terms of the career field, but in my case, our our, our company um, is we had realized. Uh, and again, remember, we're in that fairly funded research and development center, and our 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 job is to solve uh, not only make the world safer, but really tackle those hard problems. And when we realize these type of problems, you can't do it on your own. Because even if we came up with our own little niche solution, it don't mean anything if I don't have the other parts. With it, it don't mean any. Where's my? Y'all still my aircraft? Okay, <laughs> I say that out loud. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. No, if um, <laughs> some, some of that goes back, um, I can solve this link all I want to. But if this other part's in design, well, if they haven't talked about the supply chain and they messed up this battery, my solution ain't no good. So what? I solve mine. So we all have to work together, and that's putting extremely lightly. And then our big key is speed, agility, and risk-taking. We've got to move that on. That's what it's going to make all the difference. We've got to have those components in this one. Just like we started out with the DevOps type environment, we've got to get to where we in the cyber world are producing solutions that fast. And I will tell you, one of my other uh, team that I have that's working for me, we've combined DevOps type of things with cyber mission forces, those that know those that go out and protect and defend our networks, et cetera. Uh, where we're actually incorporating DevOps to get them solutions more quickly. So every four weeks, we're out there getting solutions out to the wharf buyer to help them in this particular fight. But we got to get that in other areas, too. It's easier in a computer side, but it's harder in other places. Okay? All right, here's y'all's tip. Y'all ready? If anybody's seen this, you're going to have a leg up. Anybody done this before? Oh, yeah? All right, I got a prize. So... Well, I, this, is, this is your challenge, all right? This is another one of these mental-type challenges. The instruction on this, there's instructions. If somebody got a piece of paper out, you may need that, unless you've got a good imagination. Uh, you're going to take, you got four lines. The lines can't ever cross. They can't ever intersect. And without picking up your pen, connect, draw your lines so that it connects all those dots. And whoever does that, or whoever has done it, <laughs> and can explain it, we got a prize for it. Y'all got it? So you can go online and take a look at it. But again, I, and remember, I'm making this point twice, because it's real 
important in this area, without a doubt. So it is, like he said, it's, it's thinking outside the box. But what's interesting is, even though he said it that particular way, most people still wouldn't figure it out. So you get the big prize for doing for showing it to me. This is this very. I don't even have one of these. See, see what she gets, y'all. Oh, let's get a reaction. Y'all got a bit. <laughs> I will too. Oh, serious. You come by our booth, I get you one. Come by minor booth. But um, yeah, the, and, and it's actually, remember I said it takes a lot of different career fields. So the way he said it is think outside the box. But what they found is if you say it that way, most people still won't get it. Okay? But if you say it, use the full space like you sort of said, that encompasses everything that you can utilize, there's a 65% increase that they'll get it right, without a doubt. So, and I bring that up again is, in this particular regard, is that's how we need to communicate with all of our folks too, for us not only to get the right answers, but have that speed agility, is don't say things sort of traditional way, really try to open up people's mindsets with everything we're trying to do. So. I appreciate it. Were there any questions anybody had? Be careful, because then people say they can't leave. No, you could anyway. Any, any questions? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let me, re let me restate it uh, and be clear on what it means. So let me explain, first of all, the million that we talked about now that time is up. 80% um, of those are strictly the, um, I forgot the name of it, um, are strictly your email being sent out. 80% of that. Okay, and what I mean by it's targeted, of that 80%, the majority are now being um, using uh, email addresses for healthcare. So it's not a specific target, it's they're using those email addresses to try to get in more than anything else, if that answers. <laughs> yeah, okay. What, any other? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, she was asking um, some good questions. So she said she's in oil and gas, and they typically don't uh, talk about and incorporate speed and agility and even risk-taking risk um, in, in that particular area. And was sort of asking, let me say this, it's actually our company was sort of the same way, and, um, and our executives came on board about, let's say about five years, three years ago, Dave or so, and emphasize that we really want that and has to be our culture within our, our, our company, et cetera. So for us, it's really coming down to, to from, from, from the top level down, et cetera, not mandated, et cetera, but they're challenging and giving us training on what that means for one. So they're saying, hey, there are times you can or cannot do it, but these are the trade-offs on how you make those, uh, make those particular decisions also. We also, in our case, we actually talk about it to some degree with our sponsors also to make sure that they understand what we mean by that, that we're not trying to rush, that we're not going to risk safety in that particular regard. So we're having um, those type of conversations also. We actually set up an award system also that rewards people, awards, reward, award, reward, award people uh, that are willing to start doing those type of activities in a meaningful type of sense, et cetera. And we encourage dialogue on our staff, again, it's not happening overnight with us either, but when they had those successes to explain how they did it and why they did it and give good examples along those particular lines. So it is a challenge, but I, I would contend that it, it still applies to every industry, even including the safety factors. The other thing we try to help others is we actually developed, and we had to talk yesterday about a tech framework on those particular regards, where it sort of lays it out holistically also on, on those particular approaches. So that's something else that we're trying to do. And, and actually, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much, I, I, I think another big component for that for us also is, is really pushing more innovation too, uh, without a doubt. I think that plays into those type of things also. Okay, yeah, there's a couple more, yeah. Oh, math? Math is everything. She was asking how does math fit in. Let, let me tell you this, um, and I'll give one example and there may be other. Um, the reason why I hesitate at times, I'm trying to say, okay, I gotta say unclassified. Um, Math not only is big, math is big in cryptography. And there is a huge need in this country for more people in cryptography. Everybody is, I know some people define cyber and cryptography and depending how you define it, but some don't. But I will say this, a lot of people have been jumping ship to get over to, to the other parts of cyber and we're losing a lot of expertise. So I know you're saying predictive models and other things, but any mathematician I do, I encourage to go into cryptography. And I'm going to mention one other thing. I'm not going to connect it, but 
look at quantum, and then you'll understand why math is so important. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, but yeah, you, you got it made if you're a mathematician. You, you got it made if you go that route, okay? Any other ones? Y'all give me one I can't answer. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's, a, that's a pretty good question. He was asking, let me tell you my answer, and you may get a, a different one. He said, if you're going to move fast, how do you handle evolving? What we, let me tell you what we're doing, and man, I like that question, uh, is, um, and I'll talk about my company again if y'all excuse me. Um, I mean, innovation to us is the biggie. That's how you can really evolve. So what we're actually trying to do, what I mean by innovation is, we, uh, we're big, we'll do our innovation part, but we know there has to be more. So we're actually pushing and partnering and working with like small businesses. How do we get more innovation out of small businesses? So if I'm addressing this, if I got somebody else in parallel that's doing emerging type things, I want that to happen. So we're working with the research labs on the military side, the house, others. We're working within the community. If you heard, one effort, for example, is called Mass Challenge, where they're helping and provide an environment for small businesses that have ideals and are coming on new to have new ideals, to have a home, to teach them the legal structure, to take care of the capacity building, to provide them funding and encourage them to get more in innovation. So I think that's the biggie that we're in, in, in other places too, but that's the biggie that we're doing is drive innovation more and more and get more players into that and, help, and push the government to fund and encourage more of that aspect. Right. Does that help, sir? Okay. Well, thank you all. I hope everybody has a good conference. And what career field are everybody going into when they leave here, especially the interns? Cybersecurity, we need y'all. Call me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> thank y'all. Thank you for listening to Dev From Above, applying speed and agility for cyber technical solutions, our professional development seminar presented by the MITRE Corporation, featuring engineer Bobby Blunt. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bayer STEM Global Competitiveness Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.bea.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.